The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. Now listening to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here with another exciting episode of The Health Hero Show. <clears throat> Today is a very special episode. Um, unfortunately, um, I have to have on uh, two special guests to tell their story. Um, one of them is going to tell their story about how they lost their wife, and the other one is the daughter who's going to tell the story about how she lost her mom through this whole COVID debacle in the medical industry. And um, it's just another another example, um, like Scott Shahar and his daughter Grace <clears throat> and other people that we've had on that have been, you know, medically kidnapped. Um, uh, in the hospitals, um, are giving treatments that don't work that actually hurt people. And in some times take people's lives. And this is the world we live in today. It's kind of insane. Um, and I knew even before COVID happened, cause I've been on the, the beat of health for, for 13 years myself personally, after I was woke up to all this stuff, healed myself and started looking around and wondering what else am I being lied to about? And it was kind of shocking. So pre COVID, if here's the deal, if you went into a hospital, you had a 5% chance of dying from something other than the reason that you went in for, right? That was pre COVID. Now during COVID and after COVID, I think it's obviously if, we, if those numbers get ran, it's going to be way higher than what it was, you know? So, um, and a lot of that was probably because of, you know, the infections and the, the bacterial strains that have been, um, you know, we've been feeding cattle and stuff like this, hormones and antibiotics, and we eat that stuff and we've built up a resistance. And now we have these crazy strains of bacteria and stuff that are basically just killing people. So um, I want to welcome uh, Don, uh, Don Downs to the show and also his daughter, Kara. Kara, thank you guys both for being here. Thanks for having Thanks us. For having us. Hey, my, yeah, my pleasure. And, um, it's unfortunate that we have to be having this conversation and meeting under each other under these premises. Um, and I want to, number one, applaud you guys for, you know, probably doing something that's completely out of your comfort zone. Um, Big but, yeah. 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 I, I, I can tell. Um, so, uh, but the, it's the moral compass that you guys have inside of you that's driving you to do these shows and to get the word out about. Yeah. Um, about Brenda and what had happened to her. So <clears throat> let's just go back. You guys are in Ohio, um, mm -hmm. July 28th. Uh, Dawn, your wife, Carrie, your mom gets diagnosed with COVID. August 2nd, she goes into a local hospital. Um, I guess you guys can pick up from there unless there's anything else pre that that you want to chat about. No, uh, we can start from there. Um, she was transferred to um, a, it was a, a uh, hospital in Columbus. It was called Doctors West. Um, the owner of the hospital is actually Ohio Health, who um, is probably the biggest or is the biggest um, hospital healthcare healthcare organization in Ohio. Uh, they own most of the large hospitals in Ohio. Um, and she um, 
was doing worse. Um, she, of course, they gave her the normal um, remdesivir, uh, 10 days. Um, they, of course, didn't check kidney function, anything like that, the normal, yeah. the standard uh, Fauci protocols. Um, and then after she had gotten worse, she kept refusing to go on the ventilator. And um, finally, they they had been, you know, bugging her about it for days, wouldn't leave her alone about going yeah. on the ventilator, really, um, just driving her crazy about it. And she, you know, stood her ground for as long as she could. And they brought us in and they said, you know, if if she doesn't go on the ventilator, um, she'll die within, I think it was, they said 12 to 24 hours. A lie. And which, yeah, which, which was, a, we feel was a lie. Why um, was she refusing the ventilator? Was it just instinct or was she getting information somewhere? Um, her words to us was that she didn't feel bad enough to go on the ventilator. She was on the high she pressure was, oxygen. Yeah, she was on the high pressure oxygen. Um, she was still talking. There was no, um, I mean, her breathing was was labored, but she was still functioning, and you know, her mind was completely normal. And they told her if if she would go on it, it would be a period of time where it would rest her lungs. Yeah, but they knew what they were doing. So, um, after you know, after days of pressuring her, she finally decided to give in um and allow them to put her on a ventilator um we actually didn't know about ivermectin um at the time and um she was intubated on august 11th and uh during the that same time actually she was being intubated a friend of ours called us and said hey we know um a person that was on a ventilator in a hospital near us and um, they gave him ivermectin and after 48 hours, he was off of the ventilator doing great. So we're like, wow, you know, we'd never heard of it. So we start researching it and I immediately found an NIH article, um, that stated that it could lower comorbidity in COVID. So I'm like, well, you know, this was a no brainer for us. Um, yeah. everything looked like it was safe. And so we, um, we called back and we were actually like hoping that they hadn't innovated her yet. And of course we called back and they already had. And so um, a few doctors came out so that we could talk to them about the ivermectin. I showed them the study. Um, they took a picture of it on their phone and then they went up, you know, to their higher ups and asked. And of course, then, then we got met with, a large pushback Big time. um hospital administration immediately came into the waiting room and said um no uh we don't give this for covid um you can't get this here you can't even get it at a pharmacy here this is for horses you can only get it at a tractor supply yeah. i mean just completely attacked us and you know we had never even heard of it. So we're like, where is this coming from? You know, we're like, you know, we're, you're telling us she has 0% chance of living, which is what they were telling us. And so, you know, we're willing to try anything. And if I'm sure I'm looking at reading a study that says it can lower co comorbidity, why wouldn't we try it? I yeah, from the NIH. Trying to get them. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying from, a, from the NIH, which is 
part of where they're taking direction from, obviously. Right. The CDC, the NIH. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Don. What were you going to say? Well, I jumped up and down and I said, look, I will sign anything. I'll sign any kind of waiver that you want, but we need to try something and we can get this ivermectin. And they said, no, you can't, can't even buy it in Ohio other than tractor supply. And I said, well, that's a lie because you can buy it on every, every pharmacy in the state has it. And so her, our uh, local and Brenda's local doctor, we called him and he said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So he wrote a prescription for it and we got it, it within hours. So okay, we so had there's line number possession. one right there. Uh, oh right. yeah, it was right. awful. So, so uh, we start looking at more, you know, doing more studies, and we found uh, Ralph Larigo out of New York, who is an attorney who was trying these different cases in court to um, force the uh, to force the hospitals to administer ivermectin. So um, he had several uh, several cases 11, where. 12. Yeah, where the people uh, were forced to administer the ivermectin in the hospitals, and the patients all lived. Everyone that came off the vent. Every court case that he had won, the person came off the ventilator. Mm-hmm. So um, we hired. How many Ralph. of those were there? A dozen. Yeah. Uh, I think eleven. Actually, 11. Uh, Brenda was uh, his. We were his twelfth client, and he okay. saved all the other eleven. They were calling him a hero. Yeah. All over the country. Yeah. What was this his was name? Back in Ralph Larigo. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll probably have so you guys, if you don't told... mind, email me that afterwards, his information. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, so Ralph, um, he told us, okay, you have to get um, a doctor who will uh, prescribe it, which we did. Um, you have to get a pharmacy who will fill it. Which we did. We did. I did all this in one or two days. And then you have to get a um, Columbus attorney who is not, does not have a relationship with Ohio Health to do the legwork for me because I'm not, you know, a licensed in Ohio. I'm only licensed in New York. So we did all of that and we filed it. Yeah, within a few days, he filed an emergency injunctive relief. Um, for her to receive the ivermectin and we go to court and so Ralph had been you know fighting with them in court for you know all day long it was an all-day battle with um, Ohio Health attorneys and our and and our attorneys and um, Ralph really thought that that the judge was going to take our side because he said the judge just couldn't understand why they wouldn't just give it to her, why they wouldn't try it. If she was dying anyhow, why they wouldn't try it? Well, then the next day, the judge changed his tune. Yes, he did. Completely. So obviously someone talked to him. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, then they're in there in court back and forth again and he the judge calls us and says um i believe we've reached an agreement so um what's going to happen is you're going to sign a strictly confidential 
uh, settlement agreement saying that if they give um, your mother the ivermectin, you will not talk about it to anyone. And if anybody finds out about this, they can sue you for a million dollars each. And that's what the contract said. And that's what the contract is said. If we ever spoke that, about if it. If we ever spoke about it. But they didn't have to have evidence that we spoke. No. Um, so if they just heard it from somebody else, they could sue us. Yeah. Well, the judge decided that the $1 million each, because that was going to be $3 because it was on me, my dad, and my sister. So that would have been $3 million. Mm -hmm. He decided to lower it to 100000 so um, he said, so you're going to come in and you're going to sign this. And but what's what you're going to do, he said, if somebody asks you about this case, you're going to tell them the judge says I'm not allowed to talk about it. And he and this was Judge Mark Sarah out of uh, Franklin County in Ohio. And, and he made us repeat after him like we were children. Right. He said, repeat this after me. I'm asking you about your case and what are you going to say? And when we all three had to repeat after him, the judge says, I'm not allowed to talk about it. Right. Actually he did that twice to us. So um, they called us into the courtroom and Ralph was very unhappy about the terms that they were putting. And because this agreement was awful, they were including him in the agreement. They were adding things, um, they were they were continually adding things to the agreement basically to get out of giving it to her mm -hmm. um they were adding our if we die they were adding our next of kin would also be liable for this hundred thousand dollars each um it really so, makes no sense because it's it's like if you're going to sign away all liability for them to administer ivermectin okay case closed what do they care no, right. we'll get to more of that later. I'm sure want, you guys know now why, well, but keep going. Oh, absolutely know why. They yeah. were never going to give it to her to begin with because it would have set a precedence, maybe for them, for the for the state of Ohio, for the country. I don't know. But you you'll hear as we talk what length they went. Tonight. Yeah, heaven it. forbid they set a precedence where they give somebody and it's even a pharmaceutical drug, you know. And right. it, it's just it right. blows yeah. my mind because the you know it wasn't just ivermectin, there was hydroxychloroquine. Right. You guys have probably learned about budis budisonide and then inhaled steroid. Dr. Richard yeah. Bartlett, mm -hmm. hundred percent success rate with COVID. Um, there was the monoclonal antibodies. Yeah. That were working yep. great, and those got ripped off. But you know, hydroxychloroquine mm -hmm. um, and remdesivir, or not remdesivir, but ivermectin. Those things have been around for a long time, and the problem with it is, is it didn't go along with. Um, I mean, did you guys find out how much money the hospital made on on Brenda's death? Yeah, we know. We don't have an exact figure, but you know, we know it's a lot. Yeah, was it like two hundred twenty-five thousand? Yeah, at least. Like but her, I know that they got uh, with our insurance company. She had a good insurance. Worked for school. They paid. They paid five hundred forty thousand, just them, Jesus. and uh, so they got nearly. As far as I can tell, they got nearly nine hundred thousand dollars for her stay, for that one room. Okay, and uh, yeah, how much did the ivermectin cost? 
Oh, it was <laughs> 20. Um, I don't know. Without insurance, I I think we paid $100 for it without yeah, insurance. 100 bucks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bet the our listeners right now are just listening and shaking their head going, what the hell is going on with our with this world? Well, it, it gets it gets uh, worse. The judge, uh, wow. well, they were in court all day. He did not even call us until about 4.30 in the afternoon to have us come in. And as soon as we get there, he uh, starts... Uh, complaining about our attorney in new york ralph and he said i this is what he said he said i don't even know why i'm even looking at this case i'm the only one that would probably even look at it and i've done it but uh, he made no bones about it because of our attorney in new york not he didn't like him he he, he accused him of having an ego he was helping us because of his ego to make a name for himself. I mean, it was unbelievable what he was saying about Ralph. And he said, what's gonna stop your wife and your mother from getting the ivermectin is your attorney in New York. So what did I do? I said, well, I fire him right now. I had to, he, they forced me to do that. And then Ohio health attorney said, well, they were happy about that. They didn't like him either. So they suggested the, the judge put a gag order on Ralph. But you want to tell him about Melissa standing up? Well, um, you know, he was blaming Ralph for her not getting the medicine. Right. And he, he literally mm -hmm. said to us, if she dies, it's on Ralph. That's right. And he did not allow. And Ralph's our lead attorney. He does not allow Ralph on the phone no. during this uh, while we're in the courtroom, he doesn't Nothing. allow Ralph Allen via Zoom. He's our lead attorney, and he doesn't allow him to be in the room in any way, shape, or form. Was that uh, from the so whole time? Nobody. Was that the whole time? Yeah, yeah, the whole time. Mm -hmm. The whole time. And, and so how did it's like? Did. It makes me wonder. Like, when did the judge find out that he had an ego, or was he coached to just say that? You know what I'm saying? Because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Oh. This guy was so I mean, arrogant. Obviously, he had them were, in tears. Obviously, so. they were, you know, looking Ralph up to see, and obviously, they saw the articles that we saw that said, you know, he's uh, he's an American hero. He's yeah. saving people from COVID. Yeah, and and so you know, they thought they thought that you know that he had this ego and that he was just doing this for the news. At least that's what they were trying to portray to us because. They wanted him out of the picture. Right. So they he forced me to fire him, which so I did. My sister stands up in the courtroom and says, well, can we call Ralph? Because here we are not even able to speak to him. Right. And so he let us, he allowed us to leave the courtroom. And he says, you have three minutes. So we had to leave the courtroom to even talk to our lead attorney. Um, With and, our attorney in Columbus. He was there. Um Jeff Perry. And of course, Ralph is trying to tell us, you know, why we shouldn't sign it, why it's awful. But, you know, we were just in tears. We were so desperate because here my mom is, you know, dying, you know, 20 or, you know, 15 minutes away. And we're just trying to get the medicine to her as fast as we can. So we don't care what the contract says we just want to sign it but so that she can get the medicine that's all we cared about so we're like you know we're sorry ralph 
and we've since talked to Ralph and, yeah. you know, he, he understands that they forced us to fire him. Um, he he was, said it was the worst day of his he said it life was the first and career. Day. And the guy's 72 years old. Yeah. Um, but they yeah, forced like us he's, to fire he's him. He's trying to make a name for himself when he's 72. Doesn't yeah. even make yeah, sense. Yeah, can you imagine? Yeah. The, the, this Judge Sarah is sick, I'm telling you. What he did to us was, well, like Ralph said, there's only one word for what that judge did to us in that courtroom and him. There's only one word, unconscionable. Yeah. Uh, Ralph had called Supreme Court justices for a day and a half all at, of New York, all over the place, and told them our story. And they said, no, can't be. Mm-hmm. No one. Uh-uh. Then this judge, we didn't find this after we hired our attorney now 10, 11 months ago. First thing he wants to do, he sent his investigator to the to the court. We they want a transcript of what happened that day. Guess what? Nothing. There's no, no recording. There's no recording. No transcription. Nothing. Thing. It was like we weren't even there. Well, yes, exactly right. He would allow nothing, I guess. So he says there was nothing. But, so um, once we agreed to <laughs> fire Ralph, and they were going to put a gag order on him. They said, okay, um, the paper, paperwork will be ready in the morning. Um, you go and sign it in the, in the next day, and, and she will get the medicine tomorrow. He said she will get it tomorrow. The judge said he will, she will get the medicine tomorrow. So um, we, you know, we wait for our Columbus attorney, which his name was Jeff Perry. We wait for him to call us to tell us that the paperwork's ready. Um, and as soon as he said it was ready, we went in his office and he actually didn't even take us to his office. He had it all laid out to the pages where you can sign. Um, he just had it laid out on the counter for us to sign as soon as we walked in the door. So we just signed it and got to the hospital as quick as we But we asked him before we signed it, was there any changes made from yesterday evening till now? Yes, there was a few, but it's nothing to worry about. That's exactly what and his most words were. of it was just adding the gag order. To oh, Ralph. yeah. Well, it was. It come and find out. It was. There was a uh, lot more changes. It was really damaging to us. But so so. Well, I got I got to tell you guys that um, you know we, I'm also part of an organization called TruthFreedomHealth.com, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you guys are familiar with Dr. Shiva. He was running for. Senate against Elizabeth Warren in 2018 as an independent. He lost. Um, and then um, and then he saw um, he saw Trump win as a Republican, and he actually supported him at the time. And he'd never supported mm-hmm. anybody, but he thought he was an outsider. We, we found later that that wasn't the case, that Trump is part of what's called the not-so-obvious establishment, and that pretty much mm-hmm. anybody that's getting media time is part of the problem. They wouldn't give him – they control all the media. So we ended up having a lawsuit because what happened was just to show everybody listening and you guys that this corruption is it's not an isolated instrument. The whole pretty much most of the judicial system is corrupt, including most of the lawyers. Okay, so here's what happened. Absolutely. We he he ran for he ran for as a Republican for the Republican spot. We had three thousand people on the ground, three thousand people like on the ground, talking to people, handing out flyers. Bumpers, 20,000 bumper stickers, 10th yard signs all over the place. I think he raised like $2 million on Twitter and very small donations. 
And um, the word on the street was it's going to be a landslide. Literally, of those three vo- 3,000 volunteers, when they were talking to people on the street, nobody even knew who the other opponent was. There was no lawn signs, no bumper stickers, no nothing. And right before the election, he did like a radio show or two. Probably just whatever. So word on the street, she was going to win in a landslide. And guess what happened? In the one county, interesting, Franklin County, um, all hand-counted ballots, he won by 10 points. All the other counties, he loses 60-40, all the electronic ballot things. And um, he's like, well, there, there must be something wrong here because he's actually one of the top statisticians in the world. So they messed with the wrong guy because he's got four degrees from MIT. He invented email when he was 14. High-end mathematician, you know, and stat- statistician, mm-hmm. AI. He's known about all that stuff since the – I mean, the guy's really bright, right? So we went down to the Secretary of State's office to get the ballot images because the ballots that go in get scanned. And now the ballot, mm-hmm. the image of record becomes it becomes the official record, right? Because it's that scanned image. Well, he went down there to get those images to do a third party audit and to do an audit with his team, because he said, "I think there's fraud here. I think I've been frauded. There's no way I could have lost." Mm-hmm. And yeah. and guess what they said? Just like the transcripts of that day in your court, uh, we don't mm-hmm. have those. Oh, no, we, 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 they've been deleted. And and he's like, well, oh you can't God. do that. Federal law, I think it was 531-7304, says that it's USC code that – and Congress put this in place that all ballot records, which those images became the record for that mm-hmm. Senate race, have to be kept for 22 months just for right. circumstances like this. So he, he contacts the Secretary of State, reaches out to him and says, hey, look, I went down to get those ballot images so we could do a third-party audit. And then have, and we want to do a third party audit ourselves. And the Secretary of State said, um, "Yeah, uh, we don't have to provide those to you." And he's like, like "Yeah, it. you do. Mm-hmm. Here's the federal code." And then the Secretary of State said that the the state code trumps federal code. So Dr. Wow. Shiva's like, "Well, send me the state code then, so I can review it." Crickets. And he realized at that moment that he wasn't. Gonna, so he took those four emails, posted them that email chain, posted them on his Twitter mm-hmm. account, and within hours. Doo- down goes Dr. Shiva's Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Interesting. How did that happen? So yeah. then he so Shiva su- he starts a lawsuit to sue them. And we found what we thought was a constitutional judge. And the judge was telling the Secretary of State, he's like, why don't you just hash it out with Shiva over Twitter? Why why you know, and what happened during testimony was this lady spilled the beans and said that all secretaries of states have a backdoor portal to Twitter, a bat line a back line where they can call them. And that's exactly what happened. So the secretary of state's office contacted Twitter mm-hmm. and had Shiva taken down. So it's not big tech censorship. Mm-hmm. It's gov tech. Our government has been laundering mm-hmm. censorship through this portal and, and, and silencing mm-hmm. freedom of speech and political yeah. speech right. is the most guarded speech in the first mm-hmm. amendment. So Shiva ends up, um, the judge is like, well, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I still believe in this thing we call the First Amendment, and we're all on Zoom going, "Yes, we, yeah, oh we're, yeah, we're concerned. We're concerned to the judicial system. We might have right. one of the few judges left that's going to do this." Mm-hmm. And he, long story short, he said, "You need to bring uh, Twitter in for relief on this." So now she was uh, suing uh, basically the Secretary of State, NASID, which is a third-party uh, organization put together. It's called the National Association of State Election Directors. Where all the state uh, um, 
the election directors are members and it has nothing to do with us. No, no taxpayer dollars. It was funded by a billionaire and NASA, they also have a backdoor to Twitter. And then in testimony, Twitter's like, we don't know. We, we, we don't know these people. We don't know nothing. And then we found uh, Dr. Shiva found the day before uh, one of the trial uh, hearings, the, uh, the influencers playbook written at Harvard at the Belfort Institute. And guess who was on there? Twitter legal, Michelle Tassinari, all these people that were in the government. Oh, they're all in there. They're part of it. And they said they didn't know each other. Mm -hmm. So they perjured themselves. Oh, yeah. So mm -hmm. instead of just wanting him to get back on Twitter, which was his original intent, now he's got eight other um, things. He's suing the government now for violating his First Amendment rights and all this other stuff. Well, the judge said, mm -hmm. hey, to give you relief, Shiva. And by the way, the one uh, one attorney Shiva had screwed him. And he had a hard time even finding an attorney. No attorney would take the case right? Oh, because man. they're all incestuous and they, they all of it. Right. So he found this one attorney and the attorney screwed everything up. So Shiva ends up doing his own documents, doing everything perfectly because he's an engineer. And they uh, the Twitter legal was mad at him because they said that um, he must be getting outside counsel. Nobody because he was doing the documents better than they were. And, and oh, he, yeah. so he's going up against seven of the top attorneys in the world. The reason I'm bringing this up is because it's it's really important. So what ends up happening is the judge sent, says, I need to give you a constitutional attorney to help you with it. And he's like, this is great. Four days before the, the hearing, he reaches out to this constitutional attorney that's tried to help him. He's like, look, I'll help you, but you have to drop like eight of those nine counts and just My get you back God. on Twitter. And, and Shiva said, F you. And then he went in and then the judge railed him, seals the case. And even on the way out, he was trying to get Shiva to, to do the paperwork one way, and he would have never been able to come back on those other eight cases and sue again. But he figured it out and exited the right way, so now he can go back in and sue them again at a later date. Complete oh, yeah. corruption at the highest level. Mm -hmm. You can't even imagine. Yeah. We thought we were going to go up to the Supreme Court if needed, and we were going to win. The judge even said before all this crap happened, this lawsuit will go down in history and be taught at all law schools, period. Really? So it's a bunch of bullshit. They're just liars. They talk right. out of one side of their mouth. It's all WWF wrestling. You got to be very, very careful. I caution you guys with the attorneys. You need to find old school, old mm -hmm. boy, old, doesn't care. Probably like that uh, that guy, um, Ralph, right? Morego. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Be very careful with your attorneys because, guys, um, we're going to skip all commercial breaks for this episode because it's just it's that important. I don't want to break the chain of consciousness here. So, anyway, that's my point, guys. It, 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 it When yeah. it comes mm -hmm. to the judicial system and um and these attorneys it's it's a very slippery slope all right so go ahead and continue that. um so let's see where were we uh so we had, had signed the papers for her to get the ivermectin so we go to the hospital and um when we get there we found out that they have opened her doors for the, first we, time. For the very first time uh we didn't have to wear ppe in her room and we're like, okay, this is weird. What's going on? So we knew immediately that something was up. So she didn't have COVID anymore. So we get a call from our Columbus attorney and he says, okay, um, the doctors want to meet with you. And we're like, uh -uh. It's the doctors, uh, we just want to watch them administer the medication and because yeah, we don't trust that they're going to do it so we want to watch them do it we do not want a meeting and so they're saying she has something wrong with her cognitively 
So because she hasn't been uh, responding to commands. Well, no, she's not been responding to commands. You have her on fentanyl and you have all these other drugs. Of course, she's not waking up. She's a small five foot woman. Never took anything. She never, she took children's medications. Um, They have her so drugged, she's not going to wake up. Mm -hmm. So... We said no to the meeting. Of course, here come five of their top doctors stormed in the waiting room. Um, the top infectious disease their top doctor infectious for disease Ohio doctor, Health. Dr. Joseph Gastaldo. Yeah. They sent him over along with four other doctors. Ambush, really. Yeah, they was. ambushed us in the waiting room after we had said no. And our attorney actually asked us if we wanted him to be present. And we said well, no, because we don't want to have the meeting. We're not going to have it. So technically, should they have even been meeting with us without our attorney? Well, no, because we refused the meeting. Yeah. Um, but they came in anyhow. And, um, and behind our back, before they even came in that meeting, they called Brenda's doctor, local doctor here, trying to get him to notify us that it would be very dangerous for her to have the ivermectin today. Well, our doctor said, no, you're wrong. You give it to her. It can only help her. And they said, well, we don't have anybody to administer to her. After yeah. our attorney said they did. Um, yeah, they had somebody willing. They told us that they had somebody willing to administer it. And here he's calling our local doctor saying no one there is willing to administer. So our lo local doctor, her doctor said, I will be up as soon as I can get there. They said, no, you're not allowed in here because you are not a part of Ohio Health. He was so mad. So what they tried to say to us in this meeting is that um, due to her no longer having COVID, which just started that day that we signed the paperwork um ivermectin would no longer help her and maybe it would have helped her if they had done it sooner but now it was too late after i jumped up and down days before this this man made that comment to us yeah and we'd been waiting i'm a christian man that's the only way i i, I held back from just i'm telling you it was it was un unbelievable what he said. So then there, uh, Dr. Gastaldo continues to say, um, I prescribe ivermectin all the time. I made him do that. But not for COVID. Right. And people have been poisoning themselves with ivermectin. And um, and then I said, well, you know, you gave her remdesivir. Oh, no, we didn't. Right. No, we didn't give her that. No, but they, they did. did. It's they in did. her medical records yeah. that they did give it to her. Over 3,000 pages. It's right there. So they lied about that. They lied about that. Um, so they said, we're going to take her um, for a CT scan because of her cognitive issues. And ivermectin would, if she has anything cognitively, ivermectin would make it worse. <laughs> so they were just drumming up all of these lies and excuses and so we did agree because we were we were nervous about because when you move a person on a vent to get a CT scan, it yeah. takes a team. That's dangerous. A bunch of them. We were nervous about what they were going to do to her right. if we didn't agree to wait to a day. One day. 
but we only agreed to wait one day. After they did these te neurological tests, we agreed to wait. Well, while we agreed to wait one day, someone, which we still don't know who it is, someone from that hospital told the judge's staff attorney that my mother was doing better significantly, and significantly better. better and that she no longer needed the medicine. So yeah. due to that lie, the judge. the judge put it aside and would it's not force them to do it to do it until they could get counsel back together to discuss it. Never, ever happened, which never happened. But two years later, since we filed this new lawsuit with Warner Mendenhall, we have also found out that our Columbus attorney and this we just found out yeah. like a few months ago. Yeah. And it makes me want to puke even thinking about it. He sold us out from but the first day. I know he did. Attorney actually emailed the judge's staff attorney and said that we no longer wanted the ivermectin. That was a complete and total lie. Which Our attorney own said this? Attorney. Your own attorney. Our Columbus attorney. Jeff Perry. Our own attorney said that we no longer wanted it. That exactly. day, when all this went down, I, I told the girls, he sold us out. Mm -hmm. He didn't email us anymore. Yeah, he would no like longer. Like every day, several times. He waited. Well, four days went by. We were trying sounds to like call they, him. Sounds like they got to him, obviously. Mm -hmm. They did. Yeah, they did. They did. He wouldn't answer our phone so, calls. So, so the contract actually said, okay, after she passes away, I want this thing dismissed from Ohio Health. Because I didn't want the hundred thousand dollars over our head anymore, so I yeah. paid Jeff sixteen hundred and fifty dollars to to just dismiss just the case. to dismiss it, just a piece of paper after she died. And the judge waits a week or two or whatever it was, and he dismissed the case. Uh, but we we asked Jeff, are we still under that gag order? Because it wasn't clear. Uh, so he said, yes, you're still under it. And if you need counsel, I'll be glad to take care of that. We said, no, he already sold us out. So we said, no. So I go get our attorney, Warner Mendenhall, out of uh, Akron. So I've had him about a year. I've spent $20,000 trying to get out from underneath that gag order in that contract. So we just now found out a few months ago that we were never under it. Yeah, because to uh, this new judge we have. Right, new judge. Um, filed a lawsuit to release us from the confidentiality. That's agreement. what we did. And we filed that with Warner Mendenhall. Um, and he, the judge has has said that we are not under it. That we are. That's why we are talking now. That he verified that. Um, but Warner still believes. Had we talked about it without going through this legal process, right. Ohio Health definitely would have sued us Absolutely. for that hundred thousand dollars each. And we've had four or five lawyers look at it and say, "Yeah, you'd have been under." Yeah, we've had several attorneys look at it. And so say now that, they yeah. are suing us yeah, so for now, a frivolous lawsuit, and we were supposed to be in court last month, October twenty third, but the judge put it off and writes this letter explaining that. Ohio Health is right that to sue us for a frivolous lawsuit because of cases that go back to 2005. I read it 
And sure enough, um, he has the right to do that. And they can, they're going to sue us, I guess. They're going to sue our attorney. But they said that Ohio Health said that we, if we would have talked to our attorney, Jeff Perry, right. we would have known that we weren't held to that confidentiality agreement. Well, we did talk to him. And he told and us he we, said were that under we were it. under it. So what do you do with all that? He, I mean, and I spent, you know, well, I've got well over $50,000 on it now. And here now we're going to get sued. So yes. the judge, he writes this letter of opinion and, and uh, what? So now, yes, Ohio Health is suing us for the frivolous lawsuit. They are trying to sanction our attorney, Warner Mendenhall. Mm -hmm. And I believe that they are trying to sanction him because they know that he is also fighting these same cases. He's got right now he has a lawsuit against Pfizer with um, Brooke. Brooke Jackson and um, the whistleblower. Yeah, he's helping many that are vaccine injured. Right, and so we believe that that is why they're trying to sanction um, Warner Mendenhall. Um, but they would also like for us to pay their attorney fees. Right, Ohio Health after they, re you know, our mother, his wife died at the hands of them. They want us to pay their attorney fees. Absolutely. It's incredible. And the judge just now put it off till April, April. of next year, the, the our trial. Mm -hmm. And but in in the findings, he did put in there a statement that uh, he would would like for us to come together, me and Ohio Health, and come to some uh, agreement. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what kind of agreement? They want to shut us up. We do know that. And uh, we know something right now we can't say on the air uh, yet. But once I'm once I'm able to say that, keep us shut. Yes, about this whole thing. We, you know, that so that's, you know, our cases. Uh, you know, we really feel for the 1.2 million people that lost a family member in this country to not not to COVID, but to uh, the protocol. Fauci's protocol, and we feel sorry for the the nurses and the doctors that got fired and uh, doing the right thing. Doing the right thing, and our heart goes out to to them. Um, but our case is is different in this way, the way the the court system uh, treated us. It is, I told the Epoch Times my last statement to when they took this report. Uh, I said, he said, you have any thoughts? I said, yes, one. I'm telling you the truth. If I hadn't went through this with my girls and with my wife, and I read a story like this in America, I don't know if I could believe it. I really don't. So I think people are out there listening to us, and I don't know if they can believe such a thing happened in this country. But it did. And well. I think what's ha what's happening, guys, is what's happening is that this is all this stuff has been a long time coming and people have forgotten where we came from. You know, right. We we busted free from British rule to have, you know, <laughs> freedom of speech, yeah. right to bear arms, to be not slaves, to be free people. Mm -hmm. It was the first time this yeah. event had ever happened in the world, the history of the world. It's always been the slaves and the slave drivers. One right. way, one formula, where it's the pharaoh, 
and the people building the pyramids, yeah. or if it's the the king, yeah. the king wears the crown. The peasants have to to go to God, have to go through the king to the crown. It's a bunch of bullshit. And then finally, it's like, oh well, we'll give you some land, but then you got to give seventy percent to the king. That's just there a different form of slavery. In the United States, we broke free of that, but then these blue bloods from England and all this stuff fought and got into, you know, into politics and and we and then there was the Industrial Revolution, right? And then we were back to slavery. It was like women were children were working in these crazy, dangerous places doing, you know, making garments and stuff like that. And you could die at work. You could get sick at work. You could get hurt at work. There was urine and feces in the streets. There was dead horses and cows in the water supply. Infectious diseases was through the roof because of the very dangerous, disgusting uh, living conditions because of all the, you know, the water was polluted, toxic and full of bacteria. And then, you know what? We started fighting again. The It was actually women, you know, a bunch of women started uh, protesting and started these bottoms up working class movements that fought against this tyranny. And from 1900 till late 18, mid 1850s until 1970, there was over 150 to 200 million people striked over 11,000 strikes, robust strikes, no Twitter, no Instagram, no iPhones, no nothing. This was just like people were sick and tired of it. And from those movements, we cleaned up the infrastructure. We got the sanitation worker and the plumber, Clean up the streets. We got the 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 horses and the cows and those dead animals out of the water supply. And by 1948, 98 percent of those infectious diseases were gone from sanit sanitation. Measles. 14 out of 100,000 people died of the measles at the turn of the century in 1900. By 1948, 98 percent eradicated. The measles vaccine hit the scene in 1963. The working class women and the men that helped them to strike and fight back and build these robust movements is the reason why America was so awesome for quite a time. They are the ones that healed from just basic common sense. The The sanitation worker and the plumber did more for the American public based on being driven by those pissed off women and those men to, to improve our health than any doctor or pharmacist ever was going to be able to, right? And it's self-evident. But in 1970, we stopped striking. And so our wages have been stagnant since then. You guys have probably seen this. Yeah. We've done the yeah. analysis. Uh, we've seen the analysis and dissected it, and basically $47 trillion of our hard-earned income from 1970 till about 2000, it was like 2000, uh, was it four, 14, um, uh, is went upriver to the lead. So what that means is, is Kara, you or Don, if you had made $50,000 a year today, based on GDP growth from 1970, you should be making $120,000 a year. Or I said, yeah, fifty thousand dollars a year up. You should be making one hundred twenty thousand a year. Seventy grand. Where'd it go? It went up river. We've been sold off. Yeah. And so the mid, the middle oh, yeah. class is the target. This has been going on, guys, for seventy years. And you guys yeah. are are the this is the end 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 game right now. Crush middle middle Americans. Yeah, break them no down. Doubt. Break down yeah. the farmers. Break down yeah. the, the the nuclear family. Get everybody yeah. dissected, and it's it's time for people to stand up, right? Because what you're what, what you guys are listening to right now, again, not an isolated incident. They're just talking. Don just said 1.2 million people have have died of hospital protocols. 1.2 million of our brothers and sisters, people that yeah. live in the neighborhoods next to us, decent, hardworking yeah. people that can't yeah. believe that this shit's going on. Decent yeah. people can't believe the level of corruption and what's going on. 
And, and you, did you guys see that uh, movie that went out, Sound of Freedom? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. So yeah, it it was great. It brought up a lot of awareness. Um, one of my one of my friends, uh, Craig Sawyer, he runs an organization called Vets for Child Rescue. He had a similar type movie come out a long time ago called Contraland, and where he went and exposed in the in all this child pedophilia. Eight hundred thousand children in the United States and a million in Europe are being abducted every year or, or go missing, and most of them are going into this ch- child trafficking thing. Just to give you guys an idea, if you have not heard about this, it's like child trafficking is a bigger business. There's more revenue going through child trafficking than all of sports in the world combined. Mm. All sporting events, football, soccer, hockey, it's, basketball. That's it's, and people can't believe it. I, on no. Craig's deal, they they ran an ad and like they they took the average American town, averaged it. It's like Middletown America. They ran an ad for people to have sex with a 13 year old girl, and within like a few days, it was something like three or five thousand inquiries. Oh my goodness! This is where we're at today. So we have no morals. At, this country. Well, and the thing of it is, is that most of the people still living here are good, hardworking, decent people. Yeah. But the good, hardworking, decent people got to get off their butts and start doing something. That's right. And they got to they got to unite one on one, belly to belly. This 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 war is not. It's a spiritual war, and it's not going to be one on the internet. That's right. It's going to be one belly to belly, face to face. People getting off their ass and connecting with their neighbors. Yeah. And that's where we're at today. And these stories, that's why I wanted to get Don and Kara on here to talk about their, you know, their Don's wife and Kara's mom's death, Brenda's death. I, I can see her picture behind you guys. That's yeah. her picture back there, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, what a smile. She's yeah. a beautiful woman and they don't, yeah, they six, don't have her. She was yeah, 64. She was, she was as healthy as way healthier than me. But yeah, yeah. this is, a, yeah. It, they killed her. They murdered her. Yeah, and now not only that, but to throw salt in the wound, now you guys are getting sued because the yeah. reality is is that all you wanted to do was you went to the doctors for help to help your yeah. wife, to help your mom. They You figured out through osmosis <laughs> that it wasn't happening, um, yeah. and you did your own research and found out that something that cost $100 had worked really well for a lot of other people. Let's yeah. try it because you're telling me she's going to die anyway. And you can't right. even give them that. You can't even get them to administer a hundred dollar deal. You have to fight in court to do all this stuff. You drop fifty grand, and at the end of the day, this the hospital estimated on what Don told me made about nine hundred thousand dollars on on Brenda's stay right. and her death. That's right. Yeah. So it's a money game. So how much longer are we as <laughs> it's? How much longer are we going to put up with this shit? I don't know. I, I don't understand why the people, you know, I even look at our own family here and, you know, her family and um, why isn't the support because we are, we decided no matter what, if I lose everything I've got, we're going to tell this story because it's right. It's time for uh, people, good people to stand up for what's right in this country. And if we don't, we lose. We lose this country. That's why we're doing it. We didn't, we never wanted money. We don't want money. We just wanted people to know what happened to her and us in that court. It, it but you know. Yeah, I mean, after she died, I spent most of my time 
um, trying to help people get ivermectin after she died. I helped multiple people. 15 people live. As I could, I helped. 15 people live because. What of, do you do for a living, Cara? Uh, I'm a teacher. A teacher. Both and daughters so, are teachers. Overnight, you became a health advocate for people. Oh, right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Which I never would have thought in a million years that would have been something I would be doing. But well, people course. were calling me. People were trying to uh, get their loved ones out of the hospital. They were calling me to see what they should do. And it and worked. They it, saved. It I know the two girls saved at least 15 lives. I sent away and got $1,000 worth of ivermectin and gave it away to help people. Yeah. Yep. Some of them didn't even. Well, I don't know if I want to take that. Are you kidding me? Take it. You're going to die. <laughs> yeah. They were so bad. But Yeah. Yeah, the, the, I think the quote that we were talking about is there's a quote out there that says the only thing necessary for evil to triumph in the world is that good people do nothing. Exactly. I've heard that many, many times, but we are doing something. Yeah, you are. So absolutely. Oh, man. Um, well, before we wrap up, um, I, I'm, I'm going to go through this a couple of times because, um, you know, th these guys have. Um, I've had already fifty thousand dollars in legal fees. Probably more to come, I would imagine. Oh yeah. They have yeah. a they have a give send go account. Mm -hmm. It's give. I'm gonna put it in the show notes, but it's give send go dot com forward slash Brenda's Battle twenty one, and that's B R E N is in Nancy D is in dog A is in Apple S is in Sam Battle B A T T L E two one. That's givesendgo.com give forward slash Brenda's, plural, battle21. And you guys can also find them on Facebook, Truth Social, X, and Gitter under Brenda's Battle. So all those different platforms, Brenda's Battle, um, you can find them and look them up here. And they're going to, they need some help. So if you guys could all chip in whatever you can afford, a dollar, ten dollars, a hundred bucks. If you got a lot of, matter. if you're yeah. a very wealthy person and you can send them 50 grand, do it. Because they the, these are people that are not going to set eye by. Don will sell his whole house if he has to and live in a teepee. That's right. Um, to do what's yeah. right, and so and there's nothing wrong with teepees either. Um, I just met a guy who's actually right. living in one. <laughs> I <laughs> have a pretty good out, setup. Out there, good weather though out west. <laughs> yeah, you can come out here and live with me if shit hits the fan. So I'm I'm trying to build a sustainable okay. food forest out All here. Right. But um, I really appreciate you guys coming on and. Uh, like I said, it's unfortunate we have to meet under this circumstance. Was it? But for those yeah. of you listening, think about like you're married to somebody and it's the love of your life, and and you get taken down by corruption in a country that's supposed to be protecting you. Yeah. Um. Or think about your your mom or your aunt or your sister, um, going through this and losing your life, and they simply won't even give her a hundred dollar. Uh, it's even one of their own things. It's a pharmaceutical drug, for God's sakes. It just happens to be one mm -hmm. of the ones that actually, very few of them actually work, right? Um, and it would work in this situation. So, I, I want you to put yourself in that in that in that frame of mind of what these what these two here had had to go through, losing a mom and losing a losing his wife. Um, just it's just a it's 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 worse than if she would have gotten into a car accident or, you know, Absolutely was hiking and fell is. off a cliff. Oh, my brother my broke his neck mountain biking. At least he went out doing what he loved. It wasn't like he broke his neck and then, or he went, he got sick and he went in with some bullshit diagnosis. When, and the whole thing with COVID is it doesn't even, 
The virus doesn't exist. Nobody has ever been able to show a photo with all these fancy yeah. microscopes. There is zero photos of COVID. There is no proof of the virus ever. And when you're looking right. at the spike proteins, the geneticists are showing that they're actually coming from snakes, snake venom, right? And um, the crate, the Chinese crate and uh, the king cobra. So if it's a virus, then why is – how would the virus have the genetics of snakes in it, two snakes? That's because it was synthetically manufactured. This was perpetrated on us from the beginning. And what you're witnessing here, this conversation, is just a little teeny microcosm of the fallout of what's happened. And if you think it's going to end here, it's going to get worse. There's going to be COVID 2.0 yeah. or something else, um, the train derailments, the built, you know, the things burning down. We don't know what's next. But mm -hmm. if we we unite and we stop putting up with this crap, that's that's our best shot. Is there anything that's else it. that you guys like to share in closing? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. We just maybe. Uh, maybe we could get back on your show some other time as this thing progresses toward this court thing, because it's interesting. Uh, there's something interesting going on right now, but I can't speak about it yet, but it yeah. is horrendous. Story of our life. Can't speak it is. It's yet. just, it's just, you know, they'll do anything to shut us up and we'll see. Oh, I'm sure. We'll see. I'm sure. Okay. And so you guys hang on after we get wrapped up here and then we'll make sure we exchange numbers and we'll stay in touch during okay. this, uh, see what happens and transpire. So again, thank you so much for coming on. I want to thank the listeners around the world for tuning in. Uh, if you guys uh, are new um, and you like the content, please go back. You know, the health hero show will soon be changing to the Tim James show so I can expand into a few other venues that I'd like to. We have been primarily health focused because um, you know, my whole the whole reason I'm here was because I was able to heal myself. Um, and you know, I was life flighted. I had uh, severe gastrointestinal issues. My buddy healed himself of cancer in front of my face as him and I went through uh, a whole new lifestyle change and got detox and all that. And, and like you guys, I, uh, start telling people about it and say, Hey, there's another option. You don't have to get old and fat and sick too fast. <laughs> you can be a healthy, yeah. strong person. I've seen other people doing it. And it's like, I, you know, I, I have the, I feel like I have a moral obligation to tell people about it. So we started this podcast all based on, based on health, but health is one part of the journey, right? And there's, we, yes, we need to be healthy so that we can be strong so that we can fight for freedom. I mean, that's where we're at today. And, um, I really appreciate the listeners around the world tuning in. Um, if you found this podcast, um, resonating with you, uh, hopefully it's touched your heart like it has mine. And, um, Please share it with other people. And, and, and again, on the show notes, please send, donate some money to these folks and help them out. And um, other than that, I, I just want to, I appreciate every listener out there that listens to my show. And if you're new, there's, you know, we're almost up to 200 episodes. Now, if you guys go back, there is a lot of good content and, and, and practical stuff that you can do in your, in your, in your life to improve your health, your, your happiness, your heart, break your heart wide open and start being a, uh, you know, what God intended you to be, which is unconditional love. So um, until next time, guys, love you so much. Change yourself, change your world. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening again to The Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world. And we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon.
You have just listened to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. (laughs) 